Hello, everybody out there listening. This is the Reverend Blake Ruby. Welcome to my show, The Church of the Soul's Evolution. I hope you're having an enjoyable Saturday. I am. I've been awake since early this morning. We went to our Toastmasters meeting, which meets the first and third Saturday of each month, and we had a good time. We were blessed with the presence of the highest official in the district that we're a member of who came and was with us as we did our Toastmaster thing for about an hour and a half and, you know, talking in front of each other. That's where the action is, my friend, you know, to improve yourself with public speaking skills. You know, some people are born natural. They can talk in front of people. It doesn't bother them. Other people, they get the heart starts beating faster, you know, when it's hard to take a deep breath. And I'm unfortunately one of those people. But with practice, you know, you can get better with anything, right? And so I'm doing better, although I have my ups and downs, but I'm always hopeful that I'll be improving myself. How about you? Improving ourselves is where it's at. Because there's always room for improvement, right? There's always room for learning. It doesn't matter how old you are, you can still continue to learn. And what I like is interaction with people. I don't like people telling me the way things are. I like a two-way conversation. Although that's what I do on my show, you know. And I have guests sometimes, but I guess I can do what I, what I want to do. Everyone's free to listen or not. I've learned everything that I've learned through other people, reading their books, you know, watching videos on YouTube having conversations with people, and I've pieced together my reality system one piece at a time, like a jigsaw puzzle, if you will. And where I am today, I'm very satisfied in my own soul, so to speak. And we know the soul is the lamp of your spirit. It is the brain of the spirit. Like your brain is your physical body. So the soul is to your spirit. And don't you know by now, if you haven't already figured it out, we are all spirits in the material world. Just like that song by the police. I always refer to it because I am blown away, so to speak, about that rock band called the police who had that hit song in the 1980s, early 1980, 81, actually. And... That was a revolutionary thing at that time to say that we are spirits in the material world. And indeed we are. And how many years has gone by? 19 plus 23, 42 years since that song came out. Aren't we much smarter than we were then, my friends? And you know the spirit is made out of billions of electrons. And they're moving together. You'll see one day when you pop out of your body, Hopefully, sometime far into the future, and it's nothing to be afraid of. It happens quite often. There's lots and lots and lots of people out there that have had near-death experiences, you know, and come back to talk about it and continue to live. Because, you know, it's a dangerous world we live in. My God, you go on the freeway nowadays, there's no guarantee you'll make it home safely. You know what I'm saying? It's unpredictable. Accidents happen. It's it could happen so quickly, you know. That's why I always say a prayer when I get in my car and I go somewhere. 
So the spirit pops out of the body, you know, at times, especially, you know, at that expiration date, which we all have. That's why some people, they're told it's not your time, because supposedly we have an expiration date. And how is that possible, you might ask? Because we have all previewed our lives before we were born in the pre-existence. That's right. Before we were born into this world, before you we were born... Can you remember when you were born, my friend? I can remember when I was two years old. I can remember when I was three. I got stung by a nest of hornets when I was three years old, living in Oral Mockville, New Brunswick, Canada, around 1957. My dad was with the Canadian Army stationed there. And so it is told, and I still have a vague memory of it, that house we lived in, some of the, it's amazing how when I'm young, you can't remember much later on, you know, even though our brains were working and our eyes were working, still, I can just remember little pieces, little flashes, or little bits of memory, you know, getting sick one time, having a, a bird fly into our window, a partridge, which we subsequently plucked and cooked up and that was very delicious and I remember that day when I was poking around a hornet's nest I didn't realize who they what they were you know and all of a sudden I guess my mother heard my screams and came running out and grabbed me and took me inside the house and put me in the shower and must have been stung about 15 20 times at least kind of traumatic for a three-year-old but anyway and I remember when I was five years old living in Germany, two different places. My dad was stationed there, Zillis and Hamer. And going to kindergarten, much to my disagreement, my mother had to carry me down to the school, screaming and kicking all the way. I don't know why. I guess I just wanted to be with her. And I didn't want some new environment that I wasn't familiar with. And then I remember the first grade, getting up in front of the classroom and Vaguely the teacher, little bits of memory throughout the years, my friends. I think you probably are the same way, too, because you're a human being. Anyway, I hope you're doing okay. I love to talk about spirituality on my show, obviously. You know, it's called the Church of the Souls Evolution. And no offense or disrespect intended to those other churches out there, but what I talk about really isn't religion. You know, it's about the nature of our being, who we are, our real selves, and that's not a money-making business. You know, that's not conforming to what people want you to think. Don't get me wrong. Religion can be a stepping stone to get to where you need to be. You can always learn something from religion, especially in regard to the life of Jesus Christ, who used to walk this earth at one time, you know, and performed all those miracles, I think that's the greatest thing that I take away from the life of Jesus. I love to envision and imagine what it was like in the past and all those miracles he performed. And don't you believe the people that say that that didn't happen? They really did happen, you know? Take it from me. I mean, in the core of your being, in the depths of your soul and your spirit, you know that it was true. They wouldn't make something like that up, you know, walking on the water, feeding the people on the Sermon on the Mount, 5,000 people. I heard he 
there's another 4,000 people in another location, which really isn't touched upon too much in the Bible. And then also curing lepers, curing paralyzed people, curing the blind, raising Lazarus from the dead and other people from the dead, you know. Amazing, totally amazing, turning water into wine, calming the seas. And we really, in my opinion, that's the main takeaway from the life of Jesus. Not that he died on the cross and came back to life. You know, some people say, I don't understand where they are in their spiritual life, you know, that he died on the cross for our sins because they they think that he came to atone us for Adam and Eve, which I think is a myth, it's not real, it's just a fantasy, you know. The first human beings on Earth were from another planet in our Milky Way galaxy called Bacchurini, a white race, excuse me, a black race and a yellow race. Jesus died on the cross because he was brought back to life. That was the greatest miracle of all time, and that was what he wanted to show everybody so that they would know that God is real and that God is omnipotent. God can do great things like that. He told the disciples that he was going to die on the cross. He didn't tell them he was going to die for the sins or the sins of anybody before him. That probably wasn't on his mind at all. You know what I'm saying? Plus, he came back to life. So for those people that think that he died for our sins, well, he came back to life. So what does that make that theory, you know, what happens to that theory goes out the window because he continued to live, so he didn't die for anybody's sins because he came back to life. Is that logical? Well, if you agree, spread the news around because we don't want misinformation. We want the truth. That's what we live for, the truth. With every facet of our lives, you know, politicians especially, they need to be telling the truth. Someone is always lying, accusing the other person of lying. Liar, liar, when they could be lying themselves, you know. When it comes to election time, someone's always lying. They have debates, and they're always disagreeing. Someone's telling the truth. Someone's not telling the truth. So it's up to us to determine for ourselves what is right and wrong, what is true, what is false. We have that capacity. We don't need anybody to tell us. We are individual spirits. We walk alone. We die alone. We're buried alone or we're cremated. And... So Jesus died on the cross so he could be resurrected and prove that there is a God and that God is real. And also walk around for 40 days before ascending up into heaven. Yes, that's right. The disciples were there. What a faith builder that was. You know, just imagine if you need your faith bolstered, first of all, consider all the miracles that Jesus performed. You saw it happen, obviously, you would have faith in him. And then you saw him die on the cross. You saw his body brought down from the cross. They checked his heartbeat, no heartbeat, wasn't breathing. He was dead as a doornail, so to speak. They took him up, picked him up, put him in the tomb. And there, they say he stayed for three days. But was anybody there to see and look inside the tomb to see? Maybe he might have been beamed up to the spaceship before then, like Friday night. They said he was in there Friday night, Saturday night, early Sunday morning. He rose. Well, I submit to you, 
as soon as that stone was rolled in the front of the tomb, into the front of the tomb, shortly thereafter he disappeared, was beamed aboard the spacecraft. Yeah, that's right. Matter transformation is very easy for some civilizations out there in the universe that have existed hundreds of millions of years longer than we have because Milky Way galaxy is a young galaxy compared to some of the older ones that we still think there's no life out there in the universe. I'd love to say this. I'll say it again. All this life on Earth, over a million types of insects, over 30,000 types of fish in the ocean, seas, rivers, and lakes, over 10,000 types of birds, over 10,000 types of reptiles, over 9,000 types of amphibians, over 5,000 types, types, oh yes, types of mammals. If all that happened by accident, then logically it could happen by accident anywhere in the universe. And don't you know the Kepler Space Telescope and the James Webb Space Telescope are discovering new planets every day that revolve around their suns up there in the evening sky, call them stars, suns, whatever you want to call them. So my point is, even if you don't believe in a creator, you're entitled to your own opinion. If it happened by accident here, it can happen by accident anywhere in the universe. So, boom, Jordan fades back, shoot, swish, game over for those atheists that don't believe or whomever doesn't believe that there's life elsewhere in the universe. And for you ETs listening to my radio show, I know you do because nobody talks about the way I do. You know what I'm saying? No one talks the way I do. I think I am one of the... And I'm not arrogant about this. So I want to be humble and... But there's not too many people like me that talk about these kinds of subjects, that talk about extraterrestrials. And they're out there. Of course, they're more intelligent than I am because they've had the benefit of probably many more past lives, you know, and they've achieved that level of evolution now where they're spiritually more advanced than I am, for sure, technologically, no doubt about it, than here on planet Earth, you know. If they've been traveling around the universe for hundreds of millions of years, you know, warping time space, going into dimensional with their electromagnetic anti-gravitational repulsion systems, you know, some of these ETs can live to be 20,000 years old. I really would like to meet them, you know, some of them. I go outside, I look up into the evening sky, and I've seen flash. I know they're out there. You know, logically, they're out there, the creator of the universe is an amazing, awesome, omnipotent. You understand that word, omnipotent? That means unlimited, infinite power. Kind of like a magic, a very certain form of magic, my friends, that just like Harry Potter as an example, which I don't really like, you know. Um, I, I like but they kind of things a little bit too far, but it's kind of neat also. That kind of magic where you can just create something by waving a magic wand or some of these movies that come out with recently are very intricate and interesting as far as special effects are concerned. There's so much potential for the movie industry to create movies that are more 
how would you say, conducive to our spiritual development, you know? Take some of these people that have had near-death experiences. You know, they could do moves about them or people that have had contact with extraterrestrials like fire in the sky. That's Walton's story about a man who was abducted in Arizona in 1975, taken aboard a spaceship. For five days, was brought back, dropped off, and had a story to tell. You know, they kept him there. He got zapped, I think, when he walked underneath the spacecraft. They were out logging. You know, they had a team of loggers cutting trees down, clearing the land. They're on their way home one evening, and it was getting dark, and they came around a corner, and there was a light in the woods. And as they got closer, they saw it was a flying saucer hovering above, above the ground, hovering above the ground. And Travis Walton got out of the truck and walked over underneath it, which you shouldn't do because you have to understand that the extraterrestrial vehicles are using the energy of the planet to propel their spacecraft. It's better explain it in terms that you can easily understand. They know how to repel and attract the natural forces of the planet. And don't you know there's an iron core in the middle of planet Earth? And so they can go up and down simply by knowing how to use their electromagnetic anti-gravity mechanisms to either repel or track up and down or sideways or whichever way they want to until they get to outer space and then they, they fire anti-gravity beams to warp time, space, and kind of surf. And these beams are fired at a very quick rate of speed so you can have so many hundreds within a second and it's just like surfing down the highway, you know, about outer space going at an incredible speed, but when they want to really travel light years in distance, then that's when they they disassemble the molecules of their spacecraft and all the occupants within inside, and using either different forms of electrical stimulation or perhaps some kind of substance that um, creates heat or uses heat, a combination of both electrical stimulation and heat, and they're able to create a wormhole in the fabric of space and ride that wormhole like a tunnel to another solar system in a different part of the universe, maybe another galaxy, you know. These wormholes exist. Some wormholes are where suns used to be, you know, that went Nova or Super. It's an incredible situation out there, my friend that we're a part of, that we've only just begun to understand, kind of like the tip of the iceberg, as far as what we need to know. And in terms of our civilization, on a scale of A to Z, compared to the other races that are out there, other terrestrial civilizations, in the alphabet, we've only reached the letter A or B compared to them. You know, they reach the whole alphabet, alphabet all the way up to Z. This is an idea of how much more advanced they are than us, you know. Well, that's easily understood, because as I mentioned, they've been traveling the universe in that way that I mentioned for hundreds of millions of years. Imagine that. I'm 69 years old. I can't fathom 
100 million years, let alone 200 or 300 million years. I can't fathom 100,000 years, you know. 100 years I can understand, 1,000 years, yeah, because here on Earth, have one 20 centuries that have gone by, you know, and the legacy of Jesus, by the way, has existed and continues to exist since then. If he hadn't come to earth, my friends, I don't think we would be living today. The world would have destroyed itself because, don't you know, things were pretty bad back then. There was all kinds of evil and sexual immorality and murder and rape. People were heading down the tube quickly. The time was ripe for divine intervention. And so before... What happened to him? These people out of Egypt, the Hebrews out of Egypt. But then a few hundred thousand or a few thousand years later, that's when Jesus came on the scene because the time was right for a savior, someone who could save the world down through the centuries with a message of love and miracles performed, somebody who really made the people believe him by those miracles and the words that they used. And to this day, the legacy of Jesus still exists and stronger than ever and it's picking up speed as people increase and their intelligence, their intellectual capacity increases. They realize that a person that can do those miracles is obviously a very advanced soul and we have the capacity, the ability, the potential to be like him because the difference is he had the knowledge, we don't have the knowledge, but we can learn. As I mentioned, learning never stops. This lifetime, we're here to learn, you know, learn from each other. And it's great. Jesus, I'll go to church tomorrow and I'll hear the talk about Jesus. And I won't be bored at all because I know in my mind I have a very good grasp on who Jesus was. and how he was just a co-creator of people going through the process of reincarnation, one life after another, purifying himself, bettering himself, evolving himself, developing himself spiritually like we're doing. I guarantee you, my friends, you will find out one day we all will on that day, hopefully far into the future, because I love this world. I love the beautiful cells, the beautiful stars out there, the sun and the moon, and going going to a beach somewhere, swimming in the beautiful water, eating delicious food, having conversations with people, driving down the freeway in my beautiful Life is good. I have no complaints, you know. I'm making enough money right now. I've got a good job. I'm happy with it. The people I work with are awesome. And I want some more years, you know. I want to try to make it to 20 in my job right now. I just went over 13 years. So God willing, I've got seven more to go. And then I'll start drawing attention with 20 years. And that would be good. So that's my goal. And... 
think I'm well on my way to achieving that. I've got my radio show on BBS Radio. If you're passionate about a subject, you love talking, practicing, public speaking, variety, you know, where you get to talk for an hour. I went to a Toastmasters Club meeting last week. And I am now what they call an area director for G32, which is a division in the District 55 in San Antonio, Texas. So as an area director, I have a responsibility to go over to my club a year to visit them and see how they're doing. And my wife is a division director, which means you have the area, division, and district. And Toastmasters provides that level of training that we need in order to avoid embarrassing ourselves, which I still do, but I'm always trying to improve myself. I've got some skills. I am a superstar. Let me just raise my hand to it because I am. I've seen the things that I can do. I'm gifted. Thank you, God. Don't get me wrong. I'm grateful for my gift. You have a gift, too. You are a superstar also, my friend. Whether you believe it or not, I'm telling you, you are. You've got to believe it because we are spirits in the material world. And God, the mother God or the father God in heaven, before you were born into this world and when you existed in the pre-existence, they gave you a mission to come to earth and perform, but they also gave you a gift. No gift, no one's gift is greater than another, my friend. All gifts are equal in value and importance. And so we come to earth, and the object of our life is to perform that mission, to find out what it is. I believe part of my mission was to come to earth and later on down the road have my own radio show on BBS radio called The Church of the Soul's Evolution. I got my my reverend ship, if you will, you know, my, uh, what's it called? It became a life church. Didn't have to do too much, which I agree with. You know, I don't believe that you need to go and get a degree, in my opinion. You know, I'm entitled to my opinion. I preach the gospel or try that and not be limited in regard to what kind of education you have to achieve in order to talk to people about those subjects which you might enjoy doing very much. So if you wanted to agree and get a that's fine too. Now, some people don't recognize the Universal Life Church. They're lost, that's all I can say. I probably have my own mega church. Imagine, can you imagine me up on the stage talking to thousands of people about this kind of subject? Probably not right now because the world's not ready for it. Don't you know we're still evolving slow? But I guarantee you, I tell you the truth, it's where we're all going. One day, I have the potential to die. You know, I'm not a morbid person. I have no violent tendencies, as far as I know. Of course, that could change, you know, but I hope not. I pray that God would always help me in situations where I might lose my temper and do something I would regret doing, you know, afterwards. 
I'm sure you feel the same way. And so I don't want to make any mistakes, lose all the advancement, all the progress I've made with my spiritual development, my evolution. You know, I don't want to go to hell. I know hell exists. It's a real place underneath the surface of the earth. And it's a nasty place. It smells terribly. It is on fire down there. There's a lot of darkness besides the fire, the fires. And there are demons down there that would shock you to the core of your being. It would just blow your mind away just how terrible and vicious and evil they are. There's all kinds of nasty things in hell as well. Snakes swirling around, inflicting the occasional bite, and spiders too, and people there trapped in the lake of fire or maybe in cells and jail cells, screaming and wailing and trying to repent. Now, personally speaking, I don't believe in eternal damnation. The eternal damnation concept was developed by a church with very little love in the heart and no forgiveness. I mean, think of your own children. If they made a mistake, or if they didn't obey you, would you condemn them to a lifetime of suffering and pain because of that? I think not. Would you think how much more loving your mother and father in heaven, third mother and father are, because they created your soul and your spirit. They know you inside and out. How many hairs you have in your head? They know all life. They know you by the name. Everything about you. You're being watched, my friends. We are being watched. Everything is being recorded. Take my word for it. Believe me, every single second of your life is being recorded in a heavenly computer. I know you might laugh at that. You might think it's crazy, but one day you're going to come up to me in heaven and say, you know what, Blake, you were right. Everything is recorded. Therefore, that's how you have your life review. If you've never heard of a life review, I've read hundreds of them. It can come in many different forms either in a hologram or on a television or appearing right in front of you, where you can see every single moment of your life up until your death and know how you interacted with people, how they were feeling, if you hurt their feelings, if, if they were annoyed at you, if they were angry at you, if you hurt them, if you punched them in the face, they felt that pain, and then you would feel that pain also in your life review. It's like a three-way perspective. You feel it from the perspective of the person that you've interacted with. If you hurt them in some way, you would have it in the perspective of being there yourself at the time and that younger version of yourself. I'm watching a life review. So from three different perspectives, and the bottom line is that all the hurt and pain and suffering that you cause somebody or maybe even the words you use that offended them in some way, you're going to know that. And you're going to judge yourself afterwards in regard to how you're going to graduate from this existence because karmic debt is a reality, my friends. And if you're hoping to achieve a higher level of evolution in your next life on a different planet of a higher evolutionary category, karmic debt needs to be paid off first. And you can't have any of these bad feelings hurting people. This is simple encounter with somebody. If you were mean to them in any way, said some unkind words, 
He's going to have to be accountable for it afterwards. Now, there is a little bit of grace and leeway, I think, you know, in regards to some of our interactions. Because good, how you help people. Maybe you pulled over on the side of the road and somebody had a flat tire and you helped change the tire. Stuff like that gets noticed, you know. Believe it or not, I would even use the word brownie points. That goes towards your evolution when the time comes for you to not only judge yourself, but be judged, which will determine where you go in your next life. So Earth is a Category 1 planet. If you did, if you graduated from this existence, let's say, in a way where you were comfortable, generous, loving, then you would probably graduate to a Category 2 planet or a Category 3 planet, possibly uh, jumping grades, just like people jump grades in school. You could do that. And... I don't know about multiple grades. Uh, category 9 is the highest level you can go to, which is a veritable paradise, like heaven on earth or in the material universe. And it's something to keep in mind. It behooves us, therefore, to watch what we say, watch what we think even, you know, to try and do our best to treat our fellow human beings like the brothers and sisters in spirit that we know we are. Hold on just a minute, please. The dogs came out, so I had to close the door behind it because there's a television going on inside the living room. So I always need to remind myself of that, what I just mentioned, because I want to not return to a Category 1 planet where there's a lot of war and killing, like what's gone on in the centuries past here on Earth. I want to go to a planet where they are advanced, very advanced. They love each other. You know, we all should love each other, adore each other. Just think, life is too short not to love each other. We could all die tomorrow. So the person that you meet on the street, the person that you meet at the grocery store, the person that you meet at church, the person that you meet on a cruise, at a musical concert, that you sit next to that you talk with, they could be gone tomorrow. Gone. Never coming back to this planet. So it behooves us to love people as much as we can or just spy. I know we can get on each other's nerves sometimes, but going to be very beneficial to your life review, if you will, at the end. Do your best. I think I'm doing pretty good right now. You know, I pray for people. That's one of the keys to how you get to love people is to pray for them. Plus, I always pray for everybody. You know, I say, may God bless us everybody just like Tiny Tim did. You know, the perfect prayer my friends, it's a prayer that includes everyone. And will you remember this, please? That's the key to loving everyone. And if you're not a prayer warrior, you need to become one because that's part of the curriculum for a soul traveling through the universe on a soul's journey, going from one planet to another, 
is to know how to pray. Pray of the universe, to pray to our mother and father God. And so I know that part of my mission was to have my own radio on the ultimate medium, you know. I suppose television is where people can see you or also hear you talking. But radio is still significant. It has been. It will continue to be, I believe, in time to come. And I don't know how many people listen to my radio show I've asked before. I have had hundreds of people listen to me before. I don't know right now if there's hundreds or maybe just one or two or three listening. But I do know that BBS radio extends throughout the world. Maybe there's some Taliban members in Afghanistan who are trying to learn English and they heard about me and they're listening to me and probably laughing. And, you know, I saw some Taliban members on television the other day. And our natural tendency is to kind of stereotype them as bad people. You know, they don't treat women fairly, which is true. But we have to see the good in people also. And that's one thing that politicians don't have. They don't say one good thing about the other person. And that's wrong. W-R-O-N-G. You've got to be able to see the good in people besides the bad. And talk about it. Compliment people. I saw this one man in the Taliban. And I looked. And, you know, television is kind of like a time machine because there were a lot of things that have happened before in the past. And sometimes you feel a connection. You ever felt that way? with that television at that time. Of course, if you were to replay it, it wouldn't be real. But for the moment, sometimes it does feel... I realize they're just people like that. Maybe they don't have the benefit of having advanced themselves from technologically, you know, to live in a more modernized society so they're doing what they can, what they can, still hanging on to their traditions, but they are beautiful people. I thought this one fellow had a beard, and I don't have feelings in that regard to other men, but I see the good in people, you know? And I saw a lot of good in that man. And also, they, they have to conform or else, you know, they can get executed. It's kind of tough over there. But they've had it tough over the years, you know, and They've had war with the Russians and the French, I think, and with the U.S. Just think of all the innocent men, women, and children that we killed over there with our drones. And if you don't think that we killed a lot of innocent men, women, and children, you're naive, my friend. And now then we are hypocrites telling Vladimir Putin that we shouldn't be killing people in Ukraine when the United States of America just did that in Afghanistan not to mention Iraq, thousands of innocent men, women, and children, my friends, killed by our military or by drone attacks. Yes, it's true. It's true. Just do some research. There's a movie about that. And so the, why wouldn't the Taliban be bitter at us, you know, or bitter at anybody that was trying to kill them? You know what I'm saying? Hold on, please. Let me reiterate what I said about tomorrow might not be here, just like that song Dream On by Aerosmith. Sing with for the years 
sing for the laughter, sing for the tears. Sing with me, it's just for today. Maybe tomorrow the good Lord will take you away. Yeah, that song came out in the 70s, right? It's been almost 50 years since that song came out. Have you really internalized it, my friends? I don't think I have either. But and I don't want to die tomorrow. No one wants to die. Well, some people, they commit suicide, which isn't the answer. In a way, I kind of respect them, their bravery, you know. To do that, it's like throwing away everything, you know. But I see the good in that. You've got to be able to see the, the good end of that. Of course, I don't support suicide. Don't get me wrong. Don't say, you know, Blake on his radio show, show said it's okay to commit suicide. It's not. There's a very good chance that you can make the mother and father God very, very angry at you when you do that because you threw in the towel because you didn't have the guts, the fortitude to keep on going, to live another day. All you got to do is make it till tomorrow when the sun rises, you know. Be yourself. Don't let anybody tell you what to do or who you are. Be yourself. And know that your life is valued. You're being watched by heaven. You're being recorded. I said that before. All our lives are being recorded. Now, if we really internalize that, wouldn't that be something to understand better that every second of our lives is being recorded? Hold on, please. Dogs coming in, dogs going out. That's the way it is around here, my friend. So I could open the door for them, close the door behind them, but that's okay. So there's a book. If you're interested in knowing everything there is to know about suicide, which I believe I do, because I've learned from other people, it's called Beyond the Darkness by Angie Fenimore. There's even a video on YouTube that you could, if you were interested, if you wanted to learn for yourself so you could help other people, and gain that great knowledge it could be beneficial to your soul, get that book or watch that video and you'll know all about why you shouldn't or anybody shouldn't commit suicide. But if you were God, my friends, and you are a God, would you forgive somebody for doing that if you were a God? Excuse me. They take a drink of water? I will take a drink of water. Well, you have to know about everything that's going on in that person's life, you know. What kind of hardships and troubles they're going through. You know, were they treated badly by their parents who shaped and molded them when they were young, changing their diapers? Was it in a loving way or was it in a quick, let's get this done, no loving way? Did they them often? Did they beat them? Did they abuse them sexually? God, the mother and father God, take this into consideration when judging a soul, you know, everything they've been through, including someone who's taken their own life, you know. In that book, Angie Fenimore, when she took her own life and she left her body and went to this dark plane, perhaps even the dark side of the moon, my friend, and she had an encounter with God. And God was not happy. 
God said to her, the first thing, you know what the first thing was that God said to her? Is this what you really want? Don't you know that is the worst thing you could have ever done? It is a lot worse than what you were experiencing on earth because you go to a place where there's no love, no hope, no light, no joy, no laughter, and there you go to hang out in a purgatory-like state until you get released from there after you've done your time because, as I mentioned before, there is more forgiveness than some people understand. Some people are just plain mean, you know, and they have no love in their heart for someone who made a mistake and who maybe disobeyed them and they don't want to give them a second chance, and so they condemn them to an eternity of suffering. How mean can you be? Those people are going to find out later that they were wrong, wrong, wrong. There is no eternal damnation. And for those people who are murderers and rapists, you know, there's a special place for them where the rehabilitation will definitely work. You know what I'm saying? Someone as evil as a Hitler, if you will, and I'm sure he's probably been in hell now ever since he passed away. And that particular state of being, though, there is no time. So for him, it might have seemed like yesterday, you know, 1945. But we need to find it within our hearts and our souls, my friend, to forgive someone like that. What if I was to tell you that Hitler was sexually abused as a child. Would that make a difference in regard to you maybe giving him some forgiveness from your heart? Even though he had the souls of over six million, probably a lot more million people. The judgment is with the mother and father God and the creator of the universe is separate, you know, because our mother and father God who live lives on planets like this in their evolution during that cycle of the reincarnations, if you know what I mean, and achieve co-creator God's status like we're trying to do, they would forgive someone like that because they know the big picture. They know everything about that person. Still, you make a mistake in our material universe. You make a mistake in the physical universe. You have to pay the price. That is universal law. So, say a planet out there was in a nuclear holocaust sometime in the past, and most of their population was wiped out. Now, some planets, I think most, I would venture to say, are under the guardianship of a higher civilization like we are. Believe it or not, that's another story. And they would be allowed, if you will, to come to a planet like that where all the plants and animal life have been wiped out by the nuclear holocaust and render it as the price for the mistakes they made. And so living in that kind of a situation, I hope it never happens here on this beautiful jewel of a planet, you know, and all these really cool people. There's a lot of old souls here on Earth, you know. 
it's the younger ones too, but we know that that is not the way ahead for us. You know, you don't want that on your eternal soul to leave this world knowing that we couldn't resolve our differences diplomatically by talking things over. Instead, we resorted to violence of the worst kind, nuclear weapons, and so wiped out the human race with maybe just a few survivors. We wouldn't want that on our souls. But not only that, but the planet would not recover until maybe seven centuries later. Radiation will be affecting everything. Even the fish in the seas and the ocean would be affected by radiation. So there would be horrible birth defects. You know, the people that would survive when they tried to procreate and, you know, like um, having a mouse up on your forehead and being born only with one arm and, and uh, just gashes, gashes in their faces. I read about this in a book, you know. The guy said he was taken to this planet where it was destroyed by a nuclear holocaust. And so these extraterrestrials were helping him out, um, restoring the vegetation and, and some of the animal life, you know, but not giving them everything on a silver platter, you know. So that's saying this so as not I pray, you know, that we don't go down that road if we do perish as a civilization as when asteroids appear you know, and some people have survived last about 15,000 years ago there were some major cataclysms around the planet, you know earthquakes continents rising up, always submerging. The whole Earth reshaped itself and tilted on a different axis. You know, that happens occasionally, apparently. I mean, Earth is approximately, according to my best estimates, and don't believe some of the astronomers and scientists that are out there all the time, that they're telling us how old Earth is. The Earth, according to my estimates, is not 4 billion years old, but approximately 2 million years old. Isn't that long, long enough for you, my friends? 2 million years? I mean, I can understand 69. I'm 69. Anyway, it's been good. Thank you for listening to my show, and I pray that Mother and Father God bless you in any way you need it. Help us, all of us, all the children of the Mother and Father God and the creator of the universe like a grandfather. Thank you for listening. I love you. God loves you, too. Hang in there. Talk to you next week. Bye-bye.